Welcome to Fuller Speed Ahead. I'm Craig Fuller here with Cassandra Gaines. She is a transportation attorney, but if you've ever met a lawyer, you are an exception to the rule. Thank you. You are the f most fiery lawyer <laughs> in a good way that yes. I know. So I would love to hear how you chose to become a lawyer. Because most question. lawyers I know are nothing like you. Yeah, good question. Um, I was in sales before I went to law school. Okay. And I was in New York City and I was kicking butt. I love sales. And the recession hit. And we all knew we were getting laid off. And I had a family member that kept telling me to go to law school. And what he told me was, law school will teach you how to defend yourself, read, write, and think completely different than anyone else. And he, offered, he also offered to pay for my first semester. So I went. And I didn't even know what to expect. And I loved it, because it's competitive. And it keeps you motivated. And you learn a lot. So now, and then you joined, was it Schneider was your first transportation company? Um, no, actually, I went to a law firm in Phoenix. And you do rotations, just like, mm -hmm. like in Grey's Anatomy, when the doctors are doing rotations through different um, areas of medicine, same thing with law. And there was one transportation partner, and his name is Jeff Simmons. He's now the GC at Global Trends, nicest guy in the world. I worked with him, and he taught me transportation law at the law firm. Got it. And then from there I went to Echo, and then from there I went to Schneider, and then I started my own practice. Oh, fantastic. And you are, you are all over social media. Yes, I love uh, social media. You've got your flashback 80s and 90s grunge bands. Yep. Uh, that you wear, so yes. you, like I said, you're not like any lawyer. I think the, one of the things that we talk about, and the reason we've had Ellie, so Ellie is our uh, resident dog here at Freight Waves. She comes with me. She also is uh, uh, my dog, so she lives with me. But we're talking about dogs and trucks and the yeah. distractions that that can cause. It can. Um, as we can see, dogs do what they want to do. What are your, like, what's happening? Yeah, and the thing is, I just want to give a disclaimer is that some people are going to hear us talk about dogs and trucks and distracting and they're going to be like wah 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 but that's not really what we're getting into it they are distracting but they give a lot of comfort to truck drivers who are lonely who need an excuse to take breaks to exercise to have a friend they're good to have in the cab something to think about is that they can be distracting of course and i've had to deal with accidents where a truck driver had a dog but plaintiff attorneys like to hear that a dog is in the cab. Why? Because then they can say that dog was distracting, even if it wasn't distracting, even if it was just like her, just just chill and nice. They'll still use the argument, and it's very hard to say unless you had an inward-facing camera showing everything, which most truck drivers don't. It's hard to argue that it wasn't distracting. Just because the fact, I mean, Ellie can be distracting. Yeah. Like as good as mm -hmm. she is right now, this is like in her calm moments yep. at times. She can see a, another car or another dog or somebody excited. or a squirrel, yep. you know, the old squirrel joke. <laughs> um, she is certainly uh, uh, does that, but she's very calm right now. But this is, is not this is not how she is all the time. Mm -hmm. I represented a trucking company once, and I, the truck driver was the nicest guy. I think he was driving through uh, adverse conditions. I think it was snowing out, got in an accident, but so did many other vehicles on the road. But the plaintiff attorney found out he had a dog and targeted him to say that if he didn't have that dog, he would have pressed on his brakes and avoided the entire accident. Maybe he would have, but just the argument alone adds in a whole new factor. Because jurors, they often tend to believe, because they don't usually side with trucking companies, 
they'll tend to believe that the, the dog was distracted. And what can a company do? Um, first of all, recognize that perhaps you should reestablish, do we really want to have a policy where dogs are allowed? I know they're comforting, but are they truly distracting? Wouldn't you feel bad if you were a truck driver and the dog did distract you and you killed somebody? Well, without a doubt, but that I can't be imagine being, so I mean, trucking, there we go. Yeah, Trucking there she can goes. be a lonely, lonely, lonely right. job. And it's be. a, and oftentimes it's a thankless job. And, and like, I can't imagine being without Ellie, even here in this, you know, in this office, we have desks and stuff. She comes with me almost every day. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine not having her in the office, mm -hmm. and, but I understand the risk. So what can a company do? Some companies ban, they ban them? pets altogether. But is that, a, is that a wise thing with drivers? I think that there's a balance. How about this? Instead of having a black and white rule where you ban, how about, I know this sounds funny, but just train them to have the dog. Some drivers will have like an enclosed space for the dog to keep them from going into your spot. So in the, in the in bed, the in the actual bed of I've the- I've had a driver once that had down on the floor, he just caged in the dog and had a smaller that dog. That sounds like a, such a, I mean, I'm driving across the highway mm -hmm. and I'm, it's a lonely, lonely long road. I would want her in my seat. I know, but you are also driving a very difficult, very heavy, very dangerous vehicle. So safety comes first, not our personal opinions, not our how we feel, not money, safety. But she keeps me awake. Yeah, she, she keeps does. me mm -hmm. entertained. I have someone there to avoid it. And frankly, from a health perspective, there's a lot of data that shows that having a dog actually prolongs life and provides better health and creates happiness, which frankly you could argue is important in terms of the lifestyle of the driver. Yeah. How about this? Um, if it was up to me and I ran the trucking company, I don't like black and white rules. I don't like things where we say no. I like to train my drivers. So I would say, let's have smaller dogs. If you really want a dog, let's have smaller ones and let's have a caged area or do something so they're not as distracting to you while you're driving. And a inventory of baking bits so that they can be fed and happy <laughs> yes. when they don't act up, right? <laughs> yes. So it's a rewards mechanism. But let's get back to something serious because this is actually a very serious issue. I it mean, is. We're making, we're making light of it because it's legal and it's lawyer talk and right. safety talk. And we don't want people which, to fall asleep. Which is, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but. You've mentioned uh, cameras in the cab. Yes. It sounds like that seems like a very reasonable thing. Now, there is the risk. The dog does get distracted and does do something, which yep. is a realistic risk. And you've talked about the cage can prevent that from yep. happening. But you did mention something, which is cameras facing the driver in an accident reconstruction. It sounds like if you're going to allow dogs, that is a reasonable expectation of it a driver. Is. That's, I love the way you put that, and I think it is. Let's broaden that even more. Um, I like having cameras inward facing and outward facing. Um, and I know drivers hate the inward facing. And also, none of us want to sit here and have somebody staring at us all the time. But the inward facing, for those of us who've been in accidents and have been accused of doing something wrong, that camera could exonerate you, one. Two, if you were doing something wrong, guess what? An attorney like me is gonna see that video and they're gonna be like, we did something wrong. Pay, help people out, whoever got injured, get rid of the case, move on. Then you know you're not you getting know what surprised your risks are. Because in trials. The so you're not I mean, when you go to, When you go to trial, the chances are the trucking company is gonna lose that, lose yep. that because juries, jurors are easy 
it's very easy to explain to them. And I always use the analogy that we've all, even if you're a truck driver, and, and truck drivers especially, uh, but driving down the highway, I love trucks and love drivers, mm -hmm. but I've had bad experience with trucks. Trucks got me we off, driver gets angry, trucks going 90 miles per the road. It's not the industry, nope. but all it does is takes one person to convince a juror mm -hmm. that that is what happened, mm -hmm. is that worst moment in trucking is what they finished. You hit it right on the head. So when I, when I used to litigate these cases, we used to do focus groups. Do you, have you ever been seen like a focus group or anything where you know they'll have cameras and they'll have a one-way mirror and they'll ask people, oh, mm -hmm. how'd the product taste? And they give yep. their opinions. We do that for trials. So we'll have, I'll put on the case in front of multiple people. We'll separate them into groups and ask them how they think and how they feel about the case. It is so educating. But everyone brings in their own experience with trucks. They, they don't, they, it's like they didn't even hear me when I was presenting the defense. They bring in this one time I was driving and this truck almost killed me, or oh, my cousin lost a limb because of a truck accident. They bring in their personal feelings, and just like you said, everybody's got a trucking story. And they want to punish mm -hmm. the trucking company, and they want to punish the driver. Mm -hmm. They want blood. They do. And they want and they're money. Angry. And they're angry. And if you let that anger continue to fuse and snowball, you'll get those big jury verdicts. They're angry, and that's and why you and get And we're not talking verdicts. about small verdicts. I mean, these no. nuclear, we call them nuclear verdicts because they can actually, in many ways, they destroy the company that they're targeted towards. They do. Um, but you're talking about lawsuits that in a, 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 a verdict today, catastrophic verdict of a death, a couple million is nothing. It's nothing. We're talking about 30, 40, 100, 200, 380 million dollar verdict mm -hmm. that was paid out. We're talking about major money, mm -hmm. and there's very few companies that actually can afford to write those checks. It's true, and people say, what's the solution? Oh, tort reform. That's not the solution. That's just a Band-Aid, because what the solution is, is we need to put safety first and settle these cases quicker and understand that people are angry at trucking companies, and they're the ones deciding the hundreds of millions of dollars. And it's not the plaintiff attorneys or, the, or anybody else. It's the people. And they're angry at dogs, too, apparently. They're very angry. <laughs> she's she, we, like she's this, docile today. I'm a little worried right now because I am a lawyer, and I'm very scared that I'll put people to sleep. This. <laughs> she's, you have effectively done that to Ellen. I put her to sleep. She is a, Even she though is we're talking about asleep. life and she's death like, right now. <laughs> lawyer safety, I'm asleep. Done. I've done this class and heard it. I haven't done Don't, that to any like listeners either. But I'll tell but you. But if we could bring back bacon bits <laughs> as an allowance She'll for her good work, <laughs> then she would wake up if she had um, bacon bits. I'll tell you that most drivers, experienced drivers, that they're listening to this right now, they will hear me and they will be nodding their heads. But like the thing that I, I absolutely love about you is you, you are not like a typical lawyer. You say what you think. I do. You say exactly the way it is. You don't sugarcoat it. Nope. But you do it in a very charming and energetic, passionate way, which I think is really effective. And I think we have to be honest. Oftentimes, when we're talking about everyone's afraid to admit that trucks are under attack, they and are. you defend the companies. I do. You're not. I'm not a plaintiff uh, attorney. Not, I've never been a plaintiff attorney. You're not running ads on TV. We're the Texas Hammer. Mm -mm. Sorry, Ellie. She's awake. Yep. See, what happens. <laughs> she woke up. We're the Texas Hammer. We're going to come after you. You're not doing that. You're actually talking about things that people can do yep. to actually help 
the industry. But yep. we have to be honest with these issues. Is there are there are situations such as having a dog in a truck, such as having distractions mm -hmm. that trucking companies. It's a matter of time, not a matter of if. And yep. oftentimes, the bigger. Let's talk about this. The article you guys produced, and this is why I really, really have a lot of passion behind what you're doing because you guys just produced an article talking about how Swift sent a message out to all their drivers. And it was a completely innocent. I mean, I, I believe it was an innocent, the young person or the new person, I think it was new, did it, did it in a way of, they have a goal of making service, right? Mm -hmm. They took the liberty of sending out a message. It was probably a young person with very little authority that did it. Mm -hmm. But and yet that they was potentially, they potentially created a really negative impact for Swift. And let's broaden that. So when we bring someone on uh, into a trucking company or into any company, our newbies are trained a certain way. And they realize the people around them and they're influenced by the people around them. We build them how we want them to be as an employee. What concerns me more about what this employee did, this new employee, is because the values were not instilled at first. I go to the root. I actually, and I will probably get in trouble for saying this, because uh, you, I'm friends with everybody at all these trucking companies. But if you had started out training that individual safety first and foremost, that individual would have never done do, that. But are you saying, Cassandra, I just want to make sure that we're clear this. Are you saying that you believe Swift's culture yep. was unsafe? So I you're do. actually saying, yep. you're going on record as saying, yep. you think Swift has a culture that isn't based on safety. I guess, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that what that person did indicates that they were not trained from the beginning and surrounded by people with safety first and foremost. Let, let me counter that, and, I, and I'll say this. As I, 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 the challenge is Swift, Night Swift is a, I don't know, 40,000 employees maybe? A massive company. It is very difficult. You're, it's one, you have one issue, right? Right. You have one issue, the employee made a mistake and now you're indicting the entire company. I don't think that's fair. I know, many people wouldn't, but guess what? You have all these drivers driving very heavy trucks, killing people if they get in accidents, killing people and potentially themselves if they are in a snowstorm still driving. This is safety, this is people's lives. Don't around with it. Start from the beginning and treat them safety first and foremost. Guess, guess what company you won't hear this from? You won't hear something like this from Schneider. Because the people that are around, all their newbies, everybody walking the floor, we think about, Schneider people think about safety first. I know that's ballsy to say, but it's true because I work there. I know them. I know all their secrets. We train them. We think about safety. But I, I mean, I, I think that you're making an entire indictment on a company. I am. I am. And I That's why you're you a lawyer mm -hmm. and you're a good one because you probably have I know I'm right. people. And I'm challenging them figure out the root of the cause of that message because guess what? The drivers who receive that message, when they were tired and they're in snowstorms with these heavy, dangerous trucks, how horrible was it to receive that message? Being told you still have to drive. That, I would have felt horrible if I was a driver. Yeah, and, and it just takes someone like you mm -hmm. in a courtroom to convince a jury that that is a lack That's of how you get culture. the $100,000. Guess what? Uh, if you guys had not blown that up on freight waves, I don't think. In fairness, it was already well on social media. 
Um, we covered it because it was a story that really highlights safety issues and was bringing to light. And frankly, it was taken on a life of its own. Mm -hmm. I think we're trying to create the, the awareness, but also uh, bring transparency to it. But it's, yeah. it's a much bigger issue as you described. You don't, I like the way that Knight is now involved with Swift's uh, operations. I do believe, because I know the people at Knight very well. I know the both companies very well. Um, and Knight has a different approach to safety. And it's now the same company. Swift. Though. They're now the same company, but you know how it is. I don't know if you've ever tried to merge two companies sure, that have sure. been industriously start from the beginning with their own cultures. It's hard to merge. So I am challenging um, Swift to get it together. Step up. Step up. Don't have these outcasts anymore. Don't do this. Yeah. So Think what, about they, what should first. they do? What should they do at Swift, Night Swift, or any company for that matter? where you have the situation. I mean, the challenge of like media today is that anyone can send any message out on social media, right. on, uh, you know, through emails, through a Slack channel, or through a satcom. Yep. Which, which gives a ton of power to people who are a part of these companies. Yeah, if, I think that everybody is gonna have this instance with their companies where something like this happens. And they're you like, the oh, aha I thought moment. we were doing We've, everything right, yeah. and da, da, da. But this is your aha moment to go back and figure out where did we go wrong? Because you went wrong somewhere. That message he sent out to everyone, or she, you went wrong somewhere as a company. Because the message should have been to everyone in that area where there was bad weather, get off the roads. That should have been the message. Do you remember that accident? Where the, in, uh, let's see, Colorado. Woman's driving her pickup truck with her family. She's coming the other direction of the truck icy conditions, and she loses control of her pickup truck, crosses the median, hits Werner's truck that was not speeding, he did not lose control, he pulled over after. This was a recent lawsuit, uh -huh. right? It was 40 million, I think? It was more than that, it was intense. Oh, okay. Or maybe it was 40 million. It I was get confused because they had another one that was intense. dollar lawsuit. And the argument the plaintiff attorney had said was, um, you shouldn't have been on the road. It was icy conditions, Werner, you shouldn't have been on the road. And they ended up paying a uh, neutral load lawsuit of money. because of it. And that's the world we live in. So when we have bad conditions, get the trucks off the road. No, I, I think that's fair. I, I think you're making some very valid and salient mm -hmm. points. So why? So that's. I think that's where I'm coming from. And, you and, can't, and I know the thing I'll is, get heat the thing from is, this. If we were in a if we were in a courtroom, the case that I would be making, if I'm on Swift side or, or that is this was a young or new associate that didn't know what they were doing, didn't have proper instruction, they made an inadvertent thing. You have, twi you have turned this mm -hmm. into, it doesn't matter, doesn't. you failed culture, you you're failed not those properly educating, you failed the drivers, and now what you've done is exactly what could be done in a courtroom, yep. which is, is convinced all these jurors, and you only have to convince, what, half? Is it half on a civil trial? or? Yeah, so you, you, depends on how many people in Georgia, okay. yes. And it probably depends on the state, yeah. like Louisiana, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Louisiana, oh my gosh. Like they run their yeah. own, it's, they do. it's, uh, it's Yeah, I, it's I tell different. people, if you got a case in Louisiana in your Cajun, trucking company, uh, law, you're losing. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> if, you, if, you have, if you have a, uh, and it's not because of the court system, it's because of the jurors. So if you have a so claim in Louisiana. So what is the worst state, Louisiana? Louisiana, by far. Is the worst state. I've heard Georgia's a pretty bad state. To Georgia's state. okay, it's okay. okay, it can be bad, it's okay. Louisiana is by far the worst. If you have a case there and you think that well, you have a defense. It's not even based on uh, English, sort of the, the, the old, is it? I don't even know. I've not been local counsel there. I've only been it's consulting. A it's sort of a French legal, mm -hmm. it's not even like, uh, 
I think most is Anglo-Saxon sort of law, sort of established sort of English common law, sort of. Whereas in, in Louisiana, a lot of it's based on sort of French, uh, mm -hmm. sort of the king and aristocracy. I think the people who are there hate trucking companies, and it's very well known. So every where, case where you is where do you see the biggest? I mean, you you brought up some fantastic points, and, and nuclear lawsuits are something that people address. We've talked about the fact of adding safety as a culture, and also you talked about distractions is putting cameras into the actual vehicles mm -hmm. and filming your, you know, filming the drivers. Drivers are not going to like that story because they're going to feel no, like their privacy it. is in, intruded upon. And this is their, this is their home, right? At the end of the day, this is effectively their home. Mm -hmm. How do you convince a driver to be okay with having a camera watch them do their job it's and live in their hard. home? It's incredibly hard. It's incredibly hard. And it's hard for recruiting too. Uh, it's hard to even recruit drivers and say we even have an outward-facing camera. So drivers, at first, when we had outward-facing cameras in the industry, drivers were like, no, freaking out. But then people started getting sued. Drivers know this. They're all going to nod their head when I say this. How about the people, the cars, who come in front of the truck, cut them off, and the truck has no time to stop yeah. and ends up rear-ending them? You lose a rear-end case. If I hear you've rear-ended somebody, you've lost. But if I have an outward-facing camera that shows that somebody cut you off, we're in a much better position. So drivers started to see that it protected them. And sooner or later, drivers are going to start to see the inward one is protecting them as well. I remember growing up, the you know, archiving data became this big. You didn't want to hold geolocation data. Yep. Because it would end up in trial and it yep. sort of prove something. You are right. But it doesn't matter now. Because actually, it doesn't matter in the sense that the assumption is when you walk into a courtroom and there's a trucking company being sued, they're going to lose. The, the chances are that they lose that if it gets to a juror. What you're saying is the company needs to bring its best defense, yep. which is prove or disprove mm -hmm. what the risks are in terms of showing what the driver did yep. or did not do. And you don't even get that far when you, have these, when you have these cameras. You don't even get that far because plaintiff attorneys will see the video. And they, it makes their case very hard to prove. So it saves so unless much money on litigation. Unless and it doesn't, and then it's. But guess what? By that time, you already know there's no lawsuit. Because if you have a video you that shows. Got it. What and else? You save tons of money. So, Cassandra, another thing I want to ask about is a lot of freight brokers are now getting caught into these lawsuits. Yep. Whereas before, they were sort of. They, I mean, it would happen to the largest. C.H. Robinson, I believe, was sort of a major, first major broker years ago, decade, I think it was over a decade ago. Uh, but now we're seeing really every broker, I think plaintiff's attorneys have figured out where the they money's have. at. They have. It's in the brokerage business, mm -hmm. and they're getting caught in. What has happened? So first we know that every trucking company is supposed to have about a million dollars in auto coverage. That's not enough. If you get in an accident and a couple people are injured, even light injuries, a million dollars isn't much. So plaintiff attorneys are thinking next. Where's the money? Mm -hmm. Most truck companies don't have thinking. money. And so they will craft any argument they can to get anyone else, the shipper, the broker, anybody else. Brokers are easier because they have the insurance. And you can do vicarious liability or negligent selection of the carrier. Those are the two claims. One means you controlled and you employ the truck driver, so you got to pay. The other one means you knew something was wrong with that trucking company and you still picked them. So what can a brokerage do Good question. to best protect itself? Okay, so first, we think about safety first and foremost with the way we act. We don't, as brokers, I'm not saying you get into safety. You don't know crap about safety. That's the carrier's job. What I'm saying is how you act 
So don't push truck drivers to drive through bad conditions. Don't call them while they're driving and you know they're going to call you, talk to you on the cell phone. Don't push them to go faster or anything like that. Stay out of their business. That's the first rule. Second rule is you do need to vet carriers, but focus on service issues, not on safety. So focus on... And you're saying don't focus on safety. Don't go near safety. Because if you have knowledge, and most brokers are not aware, mm -hmm. the moment you have knowledge and that can be proven, you in, you basically open you yourself it, up to all sorts of liability. You hit it. So, so not I see, have not I see have brokers knowledge. like digging into safety violations and this and that. I'm like, oh no 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 no, no, that's not your place. You don't, you don't even know what you're looking called, at. But isn't that an irresponsible thing to say? Why? Because if you if I wouldn't I want my brokerage to know what's up with safety. See the thing. You said is, vetting carriers, but that's yeah, a safety element. So it's not. I want you to vet carriers regarding um, service. So look for freight guard reports, look for double brokering. If you want to look at safety, only look at third party companies that will give you like a score. Like carry for one, you do two brackets and that's it. You don't know, it's a third party company giving a score. And compliance, right? And make sure they have their operating authority. Yep. Make sure they do have the insurance. Do the stuff that you can get transparent, but mm -hmm. don't get into safer scores. Don't get into, it's Sa up to you. Because safer scores is public. I mean, I would argue that if I, so if I'm going against you in trial, and I know anything about trucking, the first thing I'm looking at is safer scores. Mm -hmm. Like That information is transparent, it was on the website, why didn't you look at that broker? Great, great question. So with safer scores, I tell my clients, you can look at those scores, decide what your policy is, but here's the real thing about it. You as a broker, and most people in this room, don't even know what those scores mean. Well, we're not brokers here. So, I mean, anybody in the transportation Got industry. Got it. Um, they don't even know what those mean. So pick them just because they're there and, it'll, if, and it will reduce the frequency of a service issue. But don't pick them because of safety because you, broker, you don't know anything about safety. Got it. And that's your defense too, is that, hey, these safer scores, even the FMCSA says on their own website that they don't use them for carrier selection. Um, they're not reliable. And a lot of people don't even know what they mean. Got it. Well, anything else that you can recommend? What is the one piece of advice if you were to leave our audience with one thing, what is it they should be doing? Just put yourself in the driver's shoes. So don't pressure drivers, don't push them to drive through snowy conditions, and think about how you would feel if you were getting phone calls every 30 minutes from the broker wondering where you are. It's disruptive, distracting. And just put them in your mind every day when you're working. And be careful with dogs. And be careful with Our dogs. Our dog has gotten distracted. Don't wear flip-flops, drivers. Really? Because that'll get used against you as well. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So flip-flops, drivers know. They know. Just remember, you may think you're safe. You're being safe. Today, I'm not mm -hmm. going to worry about flip-flops. Just remember, plaintiff attorneys know, and they'll use these arguments against you. Interesting. Well, Cassandra, ton of information. Yeah, you got a Thank lot. you for coming on. <laughs> You'll have to come back to uh, Fuller Speed Ahead. You guys, Carry for One's got a conference here yes. in Chattanooga and you're gonna be there. Yeah. What Carry is this all about? And I, we're teaming up March 4th and 5th, or it's 5th and 6th, 4th will be our welcome event. We're gonna team up and I'm actually going to roll out how to vet a carrier, Cassandra's way, step by Cassandra's step. way. I'm gonna create the industry standard. Got it. Because there isn't one. Well, the industry standard, I'm sure we're gonna publish this and we will uh, make it, it's gotta be an infograph, it's gotta be a video, you're going to roll this out and yeah. announce it at Care for Women's Conference yeah. in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Freight Alley. Everyone's going to be there. Cassandra's going to be there. That is enough, I promise, because <laughs> she is a 
ton of information. If you're concerned about safety or legal and compliance information, she is the expert. And she is not afraid to tell you how she feels nope. and does not care if she offends. So worth the visit. Come down here. If you didn't, if you enjoyed this particular show, uh, full speed, uh, full speed ahead. Sorry, you got me. Uh, thinking about dogs and thinking about dogs. Who's not here? Um, <laughs> if you enjoyed this show, be sure to download the app that you can get on your Apple devices, your iOS devices, your Android devices, as well as get this on Apple TV. If you also sign up for Freightways Live between now and December 18th, we will send you an Apple TV 4K so that you can watch this and every other Freightways TV episode.